The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 127 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs dropped one to Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavs by a score of 117 to 106. Donovan Mitchell had 41 points for the Cavs, and it was just too much for the Spurs. That is now the Spurs' 13th loss in a row. Really, really long losing streak, but uh, we understand the bigger picture, and I think the bigger picture is coming a lot clearer as the season moves on. But this one, the Cavs are too much. Drew, what were your thoughts about this game? Yeah, that Cavs loader is lo- roster is loaded. They're 38-22 and 22 now. I think they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think that they have a chance to push to the finals this year. They're that good. But let's talk about the Spurs. We shot 50% from the field, which is not bad, and 38% from the three-point line. But the Cavs shot 56% from the field and 32% from the three-point line. And Donovan Mitchell with 41. There's no way the Cavs lose. So a pretty good game. We cut it to eight, which we played good, but didn't win. Yeah, no, played good against a good team and, uh, you know, shot the ball well. And I thought that was that was pretty good overall as a team. But, yeah, they were just too much for us. In other news... In other news, Charles Bassey signed a four-year, $10.2 million contract. So he's locked in for the foreseeable future for your Spurs. And uh, what are your thoughts about Bassey and the deal? Yeah, I think this is a good deal for Charles Bassey. We got him for a steal, I think, four years, $10.2 million, I believe. Yep. I think that's a pretty good deal. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later, though. Okay. Well, this is the part of the episode where we do our tankathon. Draft simulation, lottery simulation. Again, reminder, we're sitting with the second worst overall record in the NBA. Remember, the top three have the same lottery odds and the potential to get the number one pick. And so let's see where it ends up tonight. And tonight we drop to the number three pick with Amon Thompson, six foot seven guard from Overtime Elite, who has a brother who's also going to be a top five pick. As well, but uh, Amon Thompson is generally regarded as the third or fourth best player in this draft. So, really exciting player. He's a point guard. Uh, could give a lot of size at that position. I know we've talked about Amon before, but uh, if this were the scenario, what do, what do you think about it, Drew? Yeah, I think it's good. I think the third is the lowest I want to fall in this draft. But I think four and five is still good. But I think Amon Thompson is a good player. Slightly better than his brother, but I think they're very close. And... I've talked about him a lot. There's not really much to go over. He's a good passer, good shooter, good defense, everything you want out of a young player. Yeah, when we don't want to go further than third, but for me it's the top four uh, just because I really like Brandon Miller from Alabama. I think he's going to be a great NBA player for many years. So, um, you know, we'll see how it lands. But tonight it landed at number three, and Amon Thompson's our guy. All right. Let's get to our top two, bottom two. Drew, who were your top two? Yeah, for my number one top two, I'm with the leading scorer of this game, the big body, Keldon Johnson, who put up 25 points, 
four assists, chipped in a steal, two rebounds, and shot eight of 13 from the field and two of three from the three-point line. Keldon Johnson played a really good game, and he was carrying this team tonight. My second top two, I had to go with the young fella, Malachi Random, who continues to show improvements every single game. In this game, Malachi had 18 points, two assists, chipping in a steal, chipping in two steals, only one turnover, and shot 8 of 11 from the field and 2 of 3 from the three-point line in 29 minutes. Another great game, and I hope he keeps on doing this in the near future. Yeah, I'm a big Malachi Branham fan, and it was nice to see him getting the start in this game and uh, really just doing work, and he's he's been coming on tremendously lately, and uh, it's nice to see because I think he's about as pure of a scorer the most peer scorer out of our three first-round picks from that, from that draft. So great job by Malachi. He was my number two on my top two. Uh, my number one was Keldon, like Drew said, 25 points, strong leadership, chipped in four assists as well. I really like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Keldon really led the Spurs and kept us in the game as much as we could possibly be against a superior team. All right, let's get to the bottom two. Drew, who were your bottom? Yeah, for my number one bottom two, I'm with Mr. Isaiah Roby. In six minutes, he really didn't do much. Putting up a donut in the point category was zero. And having one rebound, shooting O of O from the field, just didn't shoot a shot. So that's why he's my number one. In my second bottom two, I decided to go with Blake Wesley, who put up nine points, but he had two turnovers and wasn't very good on the shooting. He shot four of ten from the field and O of two from the three-point range in 20 minutes. So those are my two bottom two. Yep, and I had the exact same on this one. So uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about Blake Wesley just because if you'll go back to my summer league episodes, uh, a lot of people kind of got excited with him. And, I, you know, you show flashes, but I'm not necessarily sold on Blake Wesley at this point. And, uh, you know, he comes in, and I love his energy. I love his motor. I just I'm not so sure he's NBA ready right now. Hopefully it'll come in time. Um, it's going to take a lot of a lot of work and a lot of process with him, but uh, hopefully he'll develop over time, and uh, then we'll see what Blake Blake can do in the future. Not everybody comes out and has like seasons like Jeremy Sohan and Malachi yeah. Branham, so we have to understand that as fans is just because it's not happening now doesn't mean a 19 year old can't get it done by the time he's 22, 23, or even even older. All right, now it's time for the segment of our show called the Question of the Day. Remember, you can always text your questions to 512-540-1626. Drew, what's tonight's question? Yeah, so this question comes from Zach in San Antonio Questions in San Antonio, Texas. His question asks, what are your thoughts on the Charles Bassey contract that we heard about today? I mean, I think it's a great deal. I'm a big Bassey fan. I think he's a shot blocker. I think he's a rebounder. I think he's a high percentage shooter. And, I mean, we need bigs, and he's an active big body for us. Um, I really like it. And it's cheap. It's not a, it's not a thick contract of, uh, you know, that $10.2 million for four years is less than uh, Doug McDermott's <laughs> making this season. This so, year, yeah. so if you just put that into perspective, I like it. And, you know, you can never get too many post players in today's NBA uh, that are dynamic athletes, and I think Charles Bassey is that. And it's nice to know just that security that no matter what happens, I think he's going to be here uh, for the next four years barring a major surprise or, or anything like that. And I think that was the next gradual move after the Jakob Pertl trade. 
What about you? Yeah, I really like this move. I think it's a very low-risk, high-reward type of move. He's So far this year, he's averaging 4.7 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, shooting 61%, which is very good. And he's averaging 0.9 blocks per game, so he's almost getting a block per game. I really like this contract, and it's not for very much at all. So I think our general manager did a very good job over the past week. He's just been really, really good. So I really like this move. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm Brian Wright, I can't say enough good things about because I think he's got a plan. And I think there's a plan for the future. I think there's a plan for the organization. It may not be pleasurable to watch as a fan right now because of our young team, but just wait till we start accumulating these draft picks and developing these players. I think the future's bright. It's just you gotta you gotta see through what's going on right now. Great signing and and I'll take it. I'm a Bassy fan. All right. Now it's time for this day in Spurs history, and I'm going to take you back to February 13th, 2001, where your San Antonio Spurs beat the Dallas Mavericks by a score of 104 to 92. At this time, both of those teams were elite and at the top of the NBA, and their leading players were two Hall of Famers going at it. Dirk Nowitzki for the Mavs had 30 points, 10 boards, and those battles were always fun. But listen to this line by Timothy Duncan. 28 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, and 6 block shots. Dang. Yeah, what well, a great. triple-double almost. Oh, yeah, almost. That's just a strong stat line throughout. So he was the Spurs' leading scorer. And uh, other double-digit scores were Antonio Daniels with 18. Danny Ferry had 16 along with 8 rebounds. Avery Johnson had 14. TP Terry Porter had 13. And Derek Anderson had 10 points and 6 assists. This brought the Spurs record in 2001 at this point to 32 wins, 16 losses, and dropped the Dallas Mavericks to 31 wins, 20 losses. So fun times, both of these Texas teams at the top of the standings in the NBA, and that is this day in Spurs history. Now it's time to preview the upcoming game. And the next game for the Spurs is a really intriguing one to me, and probably, you know, we always talk about this, but at this point, this is the most important game of the season because you're now playing the Charlotte Hornets who we're sitting with the second worst record in the NBA and they're sitting with the fourth worst record in the NBA. Um, Drew, what can you tell us about Charlotte? Yeah, so the Hornets came off of a very, very good win against the Atlanta Hawks on Monday night where they won 144-138, to 138, a very good night. Let's talk about some of the players they have. They don't have much. I mean, they have three guys that average 20-plus points including LaMelo Ball, who's having a really good year, who's averaging 23 points and 8 assists. They have Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, who's averaging 22 points, 5 assists. Kelly Oubre Jr., who's averaging 5, 21, 20 points and 5 rebounds. P.J. Washington, who's averaging 15 points and 5 rebounds. Gordon Hayward, who's averaging 13 points and 4 rebounds. And Dennis Smith Jr., who's averaging 8 points. So I think this team is very good, and it's the game of the year for Spurs fans. It really is. And, uh, you know, I got to just say, I was driving the other day for uh, work, and I just, it was after the Cavs lost, and I was thinking about just how exciting the lottery night is going to be yeah. <laughs> as the picks go down, because they basically, uh, they, they, Drop down. I think. What do they start with? Number five. Is that their first one that comes out of the lottery, or do they start? No, all they the way start from like what, like fifteen, fourteen. Oh, or okay, and, and then yeah. they drop it in the back end. But I was just thinking about the excitement 
that are going to be going through Spurs Nation whenever they, I mean, theoretically, when that number five pick comes on, it could we yeah. could be us, you know, and then that four pick, it could be us. And I say that as the backdrop of the Charlotte Hornets game because now there are a few games better than us in the record, and there is a mighty, mighty huge difference in the odds between that third-worst team and that fourth-worst team. Mm -hmm. That fourth-worst team is the Hornets. So this game will take on an interesting deal. It would be nice to see the Spurs get a win because we have a little cushion now with them being a couple games better than us in the record. So even if we did beat them, we're still in the top three. So this one will be interesting to watch. It's one of those weird games of this uh, this time stamp in Spurs history where it's kind of like, hey, we could get a win. That would be great. If we get a loss, hey, good game, Hornets, and let's go. So my player to go off, I'm going to go with uh, Charles Bassey. I think fresh off the new contract, I think he's going to have a great game. I think there's going to be a lot of block shots. There's going to be a lot of rebounds. I think Bassey's going to have a good game. And I'm calling it right now. I think the Spurs are going to win by five. I'm not necessarily saying that's what I want to happen, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Hornets may be coming off that uh you know, Atlanta win, feeling too too good about themselves. I think the Spurs are just going to put it all together and win by five. What about you? Yeah, so I agree. I'm also going to go with Charles Bassey as my player to go off. I think with the new contract, he's really going to have something to play for and play good. A lot of players play good after getting a new contract, I think. So he's my player to go off. And my prediction for this game, I think the Hornets are going to edge out this game and win the game by four points. It's going to be very close and a very competitive game till the end. All right. Well, we'll see how it plays out, and we'll be back with you on the Spur of the Moment podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'll turn it over to Drew to take us home. Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us, Spurs fans. And as always, go Spurs, go!